Hi guys, we're back. I say that every time. <laughs> but um, I guess I just don't really ever know how to start it. But today is a big day. Is it? For me it is because I think I'm finally, I've finally found something that genuinely bothers me. And if I was ever in this situation, it would be horrifying. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me something like something personal yeah if i was like oh shit <laughs> no it, pert- it pertains <laughs> but still um uh today is saint patrick's day <gasps> i forgot did you get pinched no because i have been at home all day uh, um wow i forgot i this is my second favorite holiday Oh, that's fun. I was thinking that too, but I was like, why do we like that? Why do we like St. Patrick's Day really? But I think it's just like, it's just a fun holiday. Yeah. To go out and like, have have colored beer and stuff. Mm -hmm. Green. That was weird that I said colored. What the heck? Anyways. um, (laughs) (laughs) What other color would it be? What the heck? That's funny. I once had, oh, this is a great memory, actually, before I get into this um, this stuff. But Megan Dory and I actually, I forget her name is Megan May now because she's married. But mm-hmm. when we went to go see Bill Nye, it happened to fall on a St. Patrick's Day. So when we got into town, I forgot already where we went. Baylor? Where's Baylor? Waco? Where did we go? Oh, my gosh. I this is horrible. My Midland. memory. My memory is bad. We I just remember we had to drive a few hours and it was oh, very fun. Mind. I don't I remember it was like a that. fun little road trip. I remember when y'all did that too. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun little road trip. Well, we stopped off at a on the board at an on the border and I had a green like margarita or something. And that was oh. like when I barely was twenty one. So I was That's feeling nice. it whenever we got to the place. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Bill Nye, woo! like it was a rock concert. <laughs> it was really cool, though. That's funny. That is exciting. I would have been excited too. Oh yeah, it was a blast. Um, but anyway, that was a fun little St. Patrick's Day. It is true that fun stuff does happen on St. Patrick's Day because another time we Tara and I went on a hike with Amber, and then we went to a, a brewery and we got to see some like metal bands playing, and that was pretty hot. Oh, that does that was pretty fun. fun. Mm-hmm. Last year, I got to watch um, Dropkick Murphys play a live show because it was the start of quarantine. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I got to they watch that it live. Off. It was fun. That's awesome. And yeah, St. Patrick's then... Day is really cute. It's just a cute holiday. I don't know what it is. It's just like the beginning of spring. Um, isn't Easter like this weekend or did it pass already? I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. It's supposed to be soon. I thought it like changed. I'm pretty sure it's this coming <clears throat> Sunday because Hunter said he's off on it's Friday. April 4th. Oh, okay. Then it's still far away. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, so the weather is nice. Summer weather is just around the corner. You might revisit some of the fun vacation memories that you have. And with the pandemic changing how we look at public spaces, it might make those memories mean a little bit more and maybe even depress you a little bit. Um, but of course, coming here to Give Me the Creeps, I'm going to take it a step further and show you the dark side of summer, essentially. Okay. Okay.
And I wanted to kick off this this little thing with man versus nature. Summer fun gone wrong with some animal attacks. Okay. Horrible, right? So today I'm sharing the times summer fun went horribly wrong. This episode is not for the faint of heart. It will entail some gruesome and violent details of terrifying events. Let's remember to respect the victims and their families and the animals involved. There's no real winners when it comes to these kinds of incidents. They're they're just awful all around. So with that being said, maybe missing summer will kind of not be such a big deal when you realize that these things can happen and scare the shit out of you from trying anything ever again. Because I have more to come. When I say summer fun, I mean summer fun. Anything that can entail summer fun, this is just the starting point. So everybody buckle up. Get your tissues out. I may cry. This is a this is a touchy subject for me. No. You're like, no, you never do that. <laughs> I combined some animal attacks just so that we wouldn't have to revisit this too many times if we ever do again. Because honestly, this is something that gets to me when I hear about it. And I know I mess around a lot on here most of the time and I find excitement in the scares, but this is not the same. <laughs> Anyways, so things like money, liability, and innocent animals that work on instinct and fear will come up. So we can discuss those things as we go. Stop me at any time. I'm sure we all have strong opinions, so we can definitely talk about it. It's very sad, but here we go. Some instances, all necessary safety precautions were taken, but others were just avoidable accidents. What we see, though, is the animal will react like an animal, unpredictable. No matter how much time and love someone can give an animal, sometimes it just doesn't matter. And that's the risk that some people forget. And these are in no particular order. And guys, again, listener discretion is advised. In July 2016, footage was captured of a Miss Zhao driving through an enclosure at the Bataling Wildlife World Animal Park near Beijing. She was in the tiger enclosure in her car, but suddenly she is seen exiting her vehicle and walking to the other side of the car. A Siberian tiger pounces on her, and she is seen being dragged into the bushes by the tiger. You then see what looks like her husband get out of the car, but then he realizes... I don't know where he goes or what, because he, he goes off the screen. But then you see an older lady in the back seat get out of the car. That's her mother. And then she's seen trying to help her daughter before she herself is attacked by another tiger. Oh, my God. Yes, it was chaos. And I'm thinking that other cars were rolling up right about then, because you're supposed to just stay in your car and drive through. And um, so, yeah, the daughter lived, but she was left disabled and um, demanded $305,500. Not enough, especially when you hear that her mother was killed by the other tiger. Jesus. Uh, So stay in your vehicles. I have no idea. Um, I didn't really, I used a list. So I used like Ranker and Wikipedia and stuff, and I'll list those off at the end. But um, I'm sure if I Googled like just that specific incident, they give the whole reasoning. But uh, just stay in your car. It was it was so avoidable. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, I think overseas they have the space and stuff for sanctuaries, but I'm not really sure if it's as strict as is, as it's become here in the U.S. Just because of how many things can go wrong, and it's just known that Americans tend to be stupid. 
they just want to mess around and take pictures, get pictures like however they can. And it, it ends up going bad, but um, I'm not really sure why she got out of the car. I'll have to, maybe at the end, I'll bring that back up. Sometimes it's not a zoo where a wild animal attacks. Some people opt to own exotic animals like house pets as much as I wish I could. Not a good idea. Here is an example of that. Sandra Harold owned a chimpanzee named Travis, and Travis was born on October 21st, 1995 at a compound in Missouri um, that's currently called the Missouri Chimpanzee Sanctuary. He was three days old when Sandra and Jerome Harold brought him home. He was taken out often and said to be socialized to humans quite well. It was noted that during horseplay, Travis would watch his owners and knew when to settle down. He could log into computers to look at photos, unlock doors using keys, water plants, and take pretty good care of himself, like get dressed and brush his teeth with a water pick, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the sad thing was, was uh, Sandra lost her husband to cancer in 2004 and their only child had died in a car accident, so Travis was all she had. She slept and bathed with him and loved him like a surrogate child. On February 16th, 2009, she thought she would call her friend Sharla Nash to help her put Travis back in his cage. Nash had been holding one of his favorite toys, a Tickle Me Elmo, and he flew into a rage. It was noted also that although he had been around Nash before, this time she had a new hairstyle as well. And he had also been taking medication for Lyme disease. Regardless of all of these reasons for why he might have flown off the handle, he is still a wild animal. So even without all of those things, who knows what would happen. Mm -hmm. He attacked her so horribly. And there's even a 911 call where Harold, she's just screaming into the phone and, and she's terrified. And Travis is screaming in the background, like really violently. Harold was 70 at the time and she struggled to bring herself to defend Nash, but she had to do it. She hit him on the head with a shovel and stabbed him in the back with a butcher knife, trying to get him off of her friend. Oh, I hope I never have to hurt an animal like that. But also my thing is, is like, shouldn't she have had like a tranquilizer or something just in case something like this happened just so that nobody would get hurt. But she, this part was heartbreaking. Well, it gets more heartbreaking, but she also mentioned that when she did that, like she stabbed him with that knife and he turned around like, why did you do this? Like he, like he was hurt by that. Oh my God. And he was just confused. It seemed like, and so she's heartbroken because her friend is getting mauled. Like her face was mauled. Her, her hands and her feet were getting mauled and she's just freaking out the whole time trying to figure out what to do. So finally she's like calling 911 whenever the knife didn't work. And uh, they thought it was a prank until they saw how desperate she was screaming. He's eating her. And uh, then they believed her and sent some cars over. And when police arrived, Travis had taken her keys and was outside. And he, I read some places that he was calm when he opened the passenger window or the passenger side door of a cop car. But I also read that he ripped off the cop car door. So I would have to double check that. Either way, he opens the the car door and the cop just starts firing and uh, shot the chip. So he was shot several times and he walked inside and was found dead next to his cage. That is so sad. It's horrible. It's awful. Um, Nash eventually got a settlement from Harold's estate and had to have extensive reconstructive surgery. I think she had seven back-to-back surgeries as soon as she got to the hospital. 
Jesus. It was it was horrendous. I haven't looked at photos in a long time, but I remember when this happened, it was just all over the news. Speaking of news, I believe Travis was also on a few shows, you know, like they do when they bring wild animals on shows. He was also, I think he met like Sheryl Crow. He got to be on um, some news channels just because he was like a, a chimp who acted like a little kid, you know? Mm. One thing that someone mentioned was that Oh, it was the neighbor. Whenever he was in shock, he heard about what happened to Nash. And he was in shock saying that Travis behaved better than his nephews. And he doesn't understand how that happened. Would you still be friends with me if if my chimp mauled your face off? Um, I, I would understand, like, that shit like that happened. I probably wouldn't. I would still be your friend. But I, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't. Uh, what's the word? I wouldn't try to get like money out of you though. Like Oh, she did. Yeah, she Well, she needed it to think if you think about it, she needed it for the um for the surgeries, uh, but still like I mean, I I don't know. I feel like I just know the risk every time I would even dogs like Right. I mean, that's happened with me. I'm going to cut this out cuz it's so sad and oh. <laughs> horrible, but um whenever Francis bites people that we love, it's it's just the worst feeling ever. I just remembered nothing ever happened after Mm-mm. your father-in-law or was it your father-in-law or his grandpa? Yes, his grandpa. And what happened was because of Texas law, he had to report which animal caused the bite and then they had to have a ranger come to our house and assess Francis and all they had to do was really look at him in his cage. They knew he wasn't like friendly. So he, he didn't have to like come out or anything, but they just had to see like basically his living conditions and whether or not he looked like he had rabies. But yeah, that was sad because you just don't expect that kind of thing to really happen, you know? Mm -hmm. So Francis isn't friendly anymore. He is, but he just gets nervous. Like if somebody moves too fast around him, he will start barking and he'll, he, that's the thing too, is like, we've taught him so much not to bark that sometimes the first thing he does is try to nip, whether it's out of like excitement or out of like trying to tell you not to leave. Fawn, on the other hand, just barks like the whole time, Um, but she's never bitten. She's never bitten. So we just have her muzzled when we take her to the vet and we just tell them she would just be loud right now if we took this off. But you you guys are fine to take this off of her in the back. Francis, on the other hand, it, Hunter has to go back there with them and pretty much do all the holding necessary for them to do oh, what they wow. need to do. So that's why with COVID, it's been so different. Like we haven't taken him. Um, Emancipet was great whenever we lived in Austin and they allowed Hunter to go back there with him and stuff. But I would need to probably talk to the Banfield at the PetSmart we go to about uh, Francis and how he's like a special case or whatever, just to avoid anything right. going wrong. Because he's seen- just, he's so sweet, but it's its like Travis. Like Travis was sweet and smart and everything. And then he just like freaking mauled somebody. What the hell? Um, Sassy has to be, uh, what's the word? Muzzled too whenever she goes Aww, to her, t- her muzzle is probably the size of a teacup. It really is. It's a little bit <laughs> and she they they said that she's getting better because she I guess I don't know she like I don't think she recognizes them because it's somebody new almost every time but I think yeah she's back there by herself I don't know but they have to muzzle her either way when they first get back there and if she was any bigger I'm sure that they would be more nervous about it oh for you know? sure and they just think that's she's how I feel the fucking cutest funniest thing and I'm like even though she's like grou- standing there growling I was like what's wrong 
wrong with y'all? Because she is cute. It's hard. It's just hard because she's small. I'm sure if, yeah. if, if I would much rather, which is usually the case, um, I would much rather Franklin be the aggressive one to these oh, two bigger ones just because they could do more damage. They're bigger, you know? It's yeah. horrible. Sassy's made Jeremy bleed. She's made me bleed, too. With those little piercing needles. There's nothing worse than puppy teeth, though, because those things are sharp. Well, this is old lady teeth, and they're still... (laughs) They still can pack a punch. And she does it quick, too. She reaches out (laughs) like a fucking alligator. (laughs) She said, that'll teach (laughs) you. All right. So what's it called? Yeah, I don't know if they're still friends or not. I would have to look into that. But. Well, I just looked it up right now, and the lady died. The owner died. In 2012. Yes. Ugh, man. Monkeys just scare me. There's something about chimps and gorillas that they're, they, they almost have, like, the mental capacity of a human, but they are so strong, yeah. and... They will show off and it's violent and sometimes it's like bloody and it's like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I mean, they're beautiful to look look at from far away, but now that I'm an adult, I don't know. Uh, but speaking of now that I'm an adult, good Lord, here's the one that scarred a lot of us for life. It became an internet meme for a while, but looking back on it now, it feels distant and yet still so heartbreaking. In May of 2016, Harambe was just a western lowland gorilla living at the Cincinnati Zoo. He was born in Brownsville, Texas on May 27, 1999. <gasps> That's around my brother's birthday. My brother was on the 23rd of 1999. Sadness. And on May 28th, a three-year-old boy climbed into Harambe's enclosure and spectators watched in shock as the gorilla dragged the boy through the water. The screaming seemed to agitate and disorient Harambe as he kept propping the boy up and sitting him down. He was strutting, which is a behavior that male gorillas do. Apparently, the zookeepers noticed the young boy had climbed the three-foot fencing and were able to call the female gorillas out of the enclosure. But Harambe was just curious and wandered down into the moat area where the boy was and that's when he started dragging him around and strutting showing off like acting like a big gorilla but he hadn't done any any real damage to the boy at that time yet but that's what people were worried about once he carried the boy up a ladder and out of the moat they were in the decision was made and a shot was taken killing harambe while the boy was between the gorilla's legs The boy underwent trauma assessment and had non-life-threatening injuries, but the the backlash that ensued after was the real test for the public to really look at how we keep animals and how things can go wrong so quickly without the right precautions being taken. Right. So yeah, that was a big one. Do you remember hearing about that? I definitely do, and I thought it was the saddest thing ever. When they have to kill animals because of shit like that, it is mm. extremely sad. I agree. They had There had been talk of giving the parents some kind of fine or something, but they ended up not doing that. And uh, I think, yeah, there was like a vigil held for Harambe and stuff. He had just turned 17, years old old. and he didn't even think he was doing anything wrong that's the thing is like a lot of people argue he was dragging the little boy and stuff but every time he would stop he would like look up at the crowd Mm -hmm. so i don't know if he was trying to like protect the little boy or what but he was like holding him 
and then would drag him all of a sudden. And so I guess that's what people were nervous about is like the kid could get like a head injury. But at the same time, you don't really know what the gorilla is thinking. Like he could quickly just, he could have really killed that little boy. So that happened in 2016. There was a shot glass in Spencer's for the longest mm-hmm. time that was it had him on it. I don't remember what it said. It was some stupid meme thing. But took a shot for Harambe. I think it might have <gasps> actually said that. <laughs> he took one for you. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's horrible. The meme that I remember was because uh, it made it actually did make me laugh. It was the first and only one to make me laugh at that time. But it was um, an interview situation. So a guy was getting interviewed for a job, and they were both in suits. And he was like, "Okay, so." Tell me a little bit about yourself. And so the guy, the other guy's like, well, when I was three, I climbed into a gorilla enclosure and the guy's just like, get out. <laughs> get out right now. <laughs> uh, anyways, so rest in peace, Harambe. R.I.P. In 2012, at the Taronga Zoo in Sydney, Australia, a zookeeper named Lucy Mello was nearly killed. She was training with a two-year-old male Asian elephant in a barn when he challenged her commands. He raised his trunk and pinned her against a metal bollard. A bollard is a short post that helps to divert traffic or like wharfs have them, for instance. They're just like short little tube things that are like connected to the ground. Mm -hmm. Anyways, you can sometimes tie ropes to them and stuff. Well, Lucy Mello's coworkers saw what was happening. She couldn't breathe. So he was like really pinning her against that metal thing. And uh, when they saw what was happening, they quickly went in and helped her. And she went into intensive care, but recovered from her injuries. So that was, that was a not so bad one. Yeah. But, uh, oh, real quick. I found this. This will be a good one to end on before I give us some statistics here. You're not ready for this. You're going to flip. Oh God. So this is going to be me. I found this thing on viralnova.com. I'm just going to read straight from the source. If you keep exotic deadly pets, something like this is bound to happen. When you decide to keep a poisonous creature as a pet, you're assuming quite a bit of risk. In 2004, German police responding to smell complaints found a man named Mark Vogel dead inside an apartment full of exotic and deadly pets that had broken out of their cages. Police determined that Vogel's black widow spider, Bettina, got loose and killed him. When officers arrived, there were webs covering his whole body and spiders scurrying in and out of his nose and his mouth. What the fuck? No. Police. <laughs> Police. <laughs> I would have wanted to see pictures of that. No. Police described the inside of the apartment as a cross between a botanical garden and a butterfly breeding ground in the silence of the lambs. Oh, my. In addition to the deadly spiders, Vogel also had several large reptiles that were allowed to roam freely. Get out of here! No! What is is large reptile? I know. I'm going to have to find... He even had a very large collection of termites that broke out of their enclosure. The hungry bugs were found snacking on his corpse. What the fuck? Okay, first of all, Mm -hmm. how did every single animal break out of its enclosure like uh-uh, after he's dead. like all i can think of is some fucking animated cartoon i don't know i have no idea how did they all get out that's what i'm wondering too did he just like maybe leave maybe it was like a thing where oh or that that's another point that would make more sense than this but i'm thinking he might have 
done some kind of system where he would open cages as he was doing feeding or checking humidity or something. And he just didn't want to like mark down on a piece of paper, the ones he already checked or fed. So I feel like he would close them as he went, but the fucking black widow bit him. And then they were just all, it was a free for all in there after that. But why would he open them all at the same time? I don't know. For quick quickness, I have no idea. Yeah, that sounds... I mean, I guess humans... Or he knew he was dying and he just wanted it to be really cool, so he just opened everything. Is that cool? That's terrifying. (laughs) He's like, oh, well, when the cops get here, they'll have something to see, so... And they'll have fucking PTSD. Oh, gosh, I know. Hundreds of spiders, lizards, and snakes, along with countless termites, had consumed him with webs draping his body and bits of him scattered all over the apartment. Absolutely not. Well, this is in Germany, lucky for us. But that sounds like the start of like eight, what is it called? Eight-legged freaks. Oh, I never watched it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. That's a fun, that's a fun one. A Texas resident, Gerald Rushton, kept a 500-pound red stag deer in a pen in his backyard. Despite the fact that deer are illegal to keep in Texas and extremely dangerous, Rushton was attempting to domesticate the animal and keep it as a pet. The attempt failed, and the deer gored and trampled Rushton to death. Oh, my God. Game Warden arrived on the scene to put the deer down, but Rushton could not be saved. I thought deer were gentle creatures. Well, the actually, they're not. If they are scared they're gonna fucking defend themselves Mm -hmm. um there was a deer that it wasn't really she wasn't really a pet but uh somebody in town this was in comstock so it was like itty bitty ass town and everybody knew this deer because she had a collar and her name was sancha and (laughs) i don't think she ever was like she had the collar so that they could like distinguish who she was yeah from the others but i don't think they ever like kept her in like an enclosure like they fenced her in or anything but mm. i think she eventually got hit by a car because she was so comfortable with everybody oh like, yeah. but I, that that was probably one of the highlights of my day when i was little because i would look for her and i'd find her that's so cute yeah. It's like having an outdoor cat sometimes. Yeah, it kind of was, right? That's it just comes and goes. Yeah, that's I'm too scared for that. No, ma'am. You're staying in the yard. <laughs> if I ever have anything. Hunter was obsessed with foxes for a long time. Oh, my God. Because they're so cool. Yeah. And the way that they get excited is so cute. Yeah. But we would probably do like an outside enclosure situation if we if we ever because i am over here talking about not trying to domesticate animals but at the same time it's like there's we're building on more and more land every year and like okay if i want to keep a couple of foxes on my land so that i have foxes right yeah i would have to be a few um acres away from the house though i wouldn't want to risk the the dogs and And stuff they would but they also dig shit so they might not even they're digging their way out and you have no idea (laughs) there's a few right um yeah there's this like thing on youtube i forgot what her name is but she has like a bunch of foxes and they're all really pretty and they have really cool names but anyways so now we're gonna go over um together the deadliest animals according to the washington post the average an- annual, I cannot talk today. The average, you know what it is? It's because I had a monster today and it's been forever since I had an energy Always drink. the fucking caffeine that fucks you up. My mouth is just like, my teeth are grinding together instead of saying words. Okay. 
So the, the average annual animal caused fatalities in the U.S. from uh, 2001 to 2013. So this is pretty old. I'm not sure what's changed since, but it gave a pretty good description. So on average, a shark will kill one person a year. So if you're afraid of sharks, it's very rare. Alligators, are, they kill one person per year. But that seems wrong to me because alligators in Florida are like pests. Oh, yeah. They could probably consume children and people wouldn't even know. And there's just children missing. Word. Um, is there an animal <laughs> close to you? What do you mean? You're sniffing. I was like, oh, what is that? <laughs> oh, Fawn is nuzzling. She's oh. like laying on her back. It's probably her. I was She's like, looking uh, at me now. what is that? <laughs> there's an alligator behind me right now. You know, the shark thing is, I don't know. It just makes me laugh that the way you said it like if people don't want to go into the ocean just because they might die from a shark well yeah and like the probability of being eaten by a shark is extremely low because i don't there's not very many people that are in the ocean around sharks unless they get closer and closer because i mean nature is learning with us you know so i mean anytime these numbers could go up. They just they just don't because people are usually careful if they're not idiots. But this is also kill. So a shark attack, I don't know what the likelihood of a shark attack, like losing a leg or an arm or anything like that would be, but um, this is kills. So we can feel good about that. We'll at least live if we get attacked by one of these maybe. Um, A bear, a bear uh, will kill one person per year. Venomous snakes and lizards kill six people per year. That's Spiders cool. kill seven people per year. No. You're not ready for these. I'm going. Non-venomous arthropods kill nine people per year. What is that? If they're non-venomous, how, what the fuck? They just eat you? What is that? What is... If it's non-venomous arthropods, it's like ants or... Um, what? Things like that that are non-venomous. I don't know. It has a picture of an ant, but I don't really know what specifically would kill somebody if it's non-venomous. Because venom really does the trick. Uh, How does that kill you? Like You have to be passed out. Or maybe drunk or maybe um, injured. Or, you know, maybe there's like some kind of a... An accident, and then the bugs just get to you because you can't move. I don't know. That sounds horrible. That sounds like a nightmare. But nine people per year. That's interesting. I'll have to look into that more. That is. That's a lot more than I would think, too. Oh, my God. Cows kill 20 people per year. I knew that. Believe that. Yeah, you could believe that with all the, especially out in Texas. Mm -hmm. People can get hurt so easily by cows. I was going to ask you about Ema, but I don't know if you want to share that on here. What? Didn't Ema get hit in the face by a cow? or? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because she got hit by a dead cow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That yeah. stuff that stuff happens. Accidents happen. She fucking knocked almost knocked herself out. I think she she hurt herself all the time when she worked at the slaughterhouse. Like Yeah. She hurt herself all the goddamn time. And it, I was like, dude, how how do you get almost knocked out by a fucking cow <laughs> cart? And she's like, they come swinging down this fucking zip line, basically. It probably knocked her ass. I know. I was like, dude, what? She's like, it was coming in too hot and I wasn't ready. (laughs) 
Oh no! Well, <laughs> let's. I'm just glad it was only an injury because I know. Jesus Christ. Um, dogs. Oh God, dogs oh, kill no. 28 people per year. <sighs> I can believe it. I've seen some. I, oh God! For the first time, uh, a TikTok. I, I came across one that was a dog attacking somebody, but I think the dog was trying to play, but the mom, the mom pissed me off so much and I can't blame people for like panicking, but she had two toddlers, right? Mm. The Rottweiler's huge. You see it coming across the street. This is CC footage. I think that I saw on TikTok, mm. which I don't know how it was still up. It wasn't very, it wasn't bloody or anything, but just the idea of it was horrifying. So the dog runs across the street and the mom, instead of she's right by her car, but for some reason she backs up against a building um, with her two girls still holding their hands. One of them, she's holding the hand. The other one is wandering and the dog is coming to them and he's just kind of looking at them, whatever. But when she starts flailing with her kid's like she has her by the arm and she's flailing her little daughter by the arm. That's when the dog grabs the little girl's leg and starts pulling on it. And like the mom has her by the arm trying to like push the dog away and pull the little girl, but she's not doing anything effectively. And then she gets her other daughter and tries to put her in the car, but she's just panicking, panicking. The dog is still yanking the little girl. And then a man, thank goodness, comes along and just starts kicking towards the dog and picks up the little girl, which is what the mom should have fucking did. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just horrible. It was just like taking too long for me to comfortably sit and watch it. But I couldn't look away because I was like, why is this on TikTok? Like, I can't believe this. <laughs> What's going to happen? How is this not banned? But it looked like maybe, maybe she was fine. It's just, it took forever. It was awful. And I never want to see anything like that again. Yeah, it that was sounds terrible. <sighs> In other news, um, if my internet got looked at at all by a stranger or by my brother-in-law, he saw that I visited something explicit on accident because TikTok told me not to. And I thought it was going to be something gory, but it was something sexual instead. Oh, what was it? It was dog. It was dogs with people. <gasps> no! Oh my god, and, Abby! And I and I scrolled. I actually scrolled. So there's like a time. There's like a a clock would have started. <laughs> for how long I was on that. It was awful. It was it was sickening. But anyway, <laughs> what is it with what is it with human brains wanting to look at stuff that's like they they're like, "Oh, this is disgusting," but you just keep looking at it cuz you're like, "What the fuck?" Curiosity killed the cat. I need to be dead several times then cuz <laughs> as a kid, curiosity did not bother me. Um maybe it's good that my parents never let me do anything cuz yeah, I can. I'd be like, oh, look at this colorful lizard, and I'd be dead. Okay, now, other mammals kill 52 people per year, and it shows pictures of deer. Well, I kind of feel like a main way that deer kill people is by car accidents whenever the deer is, right. like, lodged in the windshield and it's, like, kicking its legs and stuff. That's, mm. ugh. Or they're going so fast that they hit it so hard that it fucking makes it the car through. go crazy. Or, yeah. Yeah, and it's still, I guess, his cause of death, so right. technically. Mm -hmm. So 52 people per year by other mammals in general. Bees, wasps, and hornets kill 58 people per year. Mm. Most likely, I guess, from aller people who are allergic or if they get attacked yeah. by entire hordes. Mm -hmm. Anyways, 
Now to change the subject to something more. I couldn't end the episode like this, so I'm going to go through a story that I found quite inspiring. I stumbled upon a movie on Amazon Prime called Jungle. Um, I recommend seeing it. It's really good. It's with, um, dang it, I always forget his name. Daniel, the guy who's Harry Potter. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe? Yes, he's in it. He did a great job. It's And then after I saw the movie, I found out it was based on a true story. So I uh, looked on I Shouldn't Be Alive for some animal attack ones, but I found this one instead, and I thought we should end on a high note. So here we go. Here we go. Now we move on to the bigger adventures that some might seek. Let's hear about a time when a group of young men tried to take on the jungle. I saw a movie based on the story, and I watched season one, episode three of I Shouldn't Be Alive. And it goes like this. In November of 1981, Yossi Ginsberg, 22, from Israel, wanted adventure and, f- and he was fresh out of the military. Kevin Gale was a 29-year-old photographer from Oregon and Marcus Stamm was 29 years old and he was a school teacher from Switzerland. He had just gotten out of a relationship and seemed heartbroken. So they were all looking for adventure. These guys are getting along nicely and they are having a good time backpacking around South America. Enter Karl Rupiter, an Austrian adventurer. He promises to show them a small tribe of villagers deep in the uncharted jungle. This tribe has never been seen by others besides him. He was apparently a geologist, um, an expert of the jungle, he proclaimed. He had been there for 15 years. What? In the jungle? I think he, I mean, he had a house, like he had like a hut and stuff, but yeah, he had been in that area for 15 years. They took his word for it and they joined him on his trek into the jungle. They left the area was, or the town, I guess, in Bolivia that they were staying at was called Asariamus, Asariamus, I think, Bolivia. And they noticed right away how their moods changed whenever they were like really in the wild. It will take them a week to reach the hidden village. So they have to hike there and then get back by rafting back through the Tucci River. They only brought what they could carry for that long, which means they had to kill monkeys and eat bushmeat. Oh my God, what the fuck is bushmeat? Bushmeat is literally just anything you can kill in the jungle, which is usually small monkeys that are up in the trees. Oh, okay. So, uh... That's, a, that's another con- controversial thing for people is like, how could you eat a monkey? It's like, well, I mean, if, if you would eat a squirrel or a rabbit or something, you know. To stay alive. To stay yeah. alive, exactly. So people freaked out. In the, in the episode and in the movie, it almost made him look like a lunatic. The guy that's showing them the jungle, mm-hmm. the Austrian uh, Carl. He shoots a monkey just out of the air, and the monkey is, like, still alive, like, screaming. And then he takes a rock and just, like, smashes it. (sighs) Just violent. Like, he just, as if he's just so desensitized to having to do that kind of thing. And so, of course, the other guys are like, what the fuck? Like, the Marcus had ran over to try to help the monkey (laughs) whenever he saw that he shot it. Like, as if it was an accident or something. But then he was like, no, this is dinner. What do you mean? Oh. So now... I know, it was sad. It was a sad scene. I was like freaking out, but I was like, well, I mean, I guess it makes sense. So Marcus is struggling with the jungle conditions. He's a school teacher, so he's probably the most, at least the other guy's a photographer and the guy from Israel was in the military. So, I mean, kind of more could touch base with this guy, but Marcus was a school teacher and the jungle conditions were too much. And by day eight, he has extremely painful sores all over his feet, which means he's, he's walking very slow. Gail is losing faith in the Austrian and he wants to turn back. They throw out the idea of seeing the village and they are let down um, over this, but Marcus was suffering. On day 12, they build a raft 
and Carl didn't know what he was doing on the raft, and it pissed off Gail. Uh, Gail is the American, so he's the photographer who's kind of taken over their group of three, but then this guy Carl's trying to like tell them what to do. So it's like a weird uh, power play situation. But on the raft, he sees that he's not he's not doing anything correctly because on a raft, you're supposed to row a certain way for the thing to move a certain way. So he ends up fighting with him because he knows how to row the raft properly and Carl doesn't. And it was a mess on the river and it was bad because it's dangerous with the currents and the rocks. They don't have time to be arguing about which way to row or this or that because the currents are just carrying them full speed. Mm -hmm. uh, Carl tells them there is a canyon that's too dangerous to raft. So after their argument, they, they're able somehow to pull off to the side and get off on some land. And that's when they decide that... Marcus is in not, not in good shape, so he needs to go with Carl because Carl is the stronger of the three of them, jungle-wise. And so they want them to keep walking until they can take a rest at the village and then get back home through their initial way that they decided to go. Mm -hmm. But the other two guys are going to try to take on the river, which is very dangerous. But they just feel like they're more capable doing it together separately than all four of them together. So um, this is the decision that changes everything. They think that they can raft there and Carl and Marcus go their separate ways and Yossi and Kevin get back on the river. So now Kevin and Yossi are on the river uh, where teamwork is everything and the water is really fucking powerful. So you don't have, you really have to fight against it to get where you're going. And it's hard to see water is moving so fast and splashing them. Uh, so before they even know it, they crash right into a rock that's in the middle of the river and the raft mm -hmm. is stuck on that rock if it moves to the left or the right the current's going to carry it wherever it's going right. but they're stuck on that rock and they make the decision well kevin does because he's the american and he's like a rugged guy who's really trying to survive this he's like okay um the raft is fucked and we're stranded in the middle of this rushing river so i'm gonna jump and swim to the edge with this rope on me and then you just get pulled across like bring as much stuff as you can and and throw it to me and then I'll pull you across. So they're like freaking out. The water's rushing. It's really loud. And he fucking jumps with a rope tied to him and try and swims across and he makes it. He fucking makes it somehow. Shit. Now Yossi is still on the raft holding on for dear life. Uh, he throws the shoes to Kevin because Kevin had taken them off to be able to swim. He throws those. And when he does, the, the raft screeches against the rock just enough to where it he goes into the water. He falls in and he is sucked under the rapids immediately. Oh, God. Kevin watches help helplessly as Yossi gets swept away out of sight. Um, and who knows how, but Yossi freaking lived. He got knocked around all the way down the current and through the canyon that was supposedly the most dangerous part of that river. And he got spat up onto the surface where he swims to the river's edge. It's now day 15 in total, and the next morning, Kevin is walking along the edge looking for Yossi. Yossi is walking up the bank towards the canyon to where he thinks Kevin is. So they're both yelling for each other on opposite sides of the river. And dude, honestly, something was looking out for Yossi because he hears something scratching against the uh, rocks in the water, and it's the fucking backpack <gasps> with the supplies in it that they oh, had. shit. And uh, Kevin was brilliant because he had tied empty cans uh, or containers to the outside of the backpack so that it wouldn't sink into the water. It, that's why it was floating there on mm. the surface. So inside the bag, there's a flashlight, a waterproof poncho, and a few ounces of rice and a map. Hope is instilled in Yossi's heart once again, and Kevin is less than a mile from Yossi. But when he comes to the canyon and is forced to leave the river's edge and go up into the jungle around the canyon, 
he kind of loses sight of where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Yossi is wa- is walking up the river, and they shout for one another, but looked for each other for days, and they ended up walking past and away from each other because they didn't see each other. Day 20, Kevin has made his way past the canyon, and he's back on the river, but he passed where Yossi was already, and he's like, he sees him not there. He doesn't know if he's dead or not, but he wants to keep looking. He puts Faith back into the river to get to San Jose, and what he does is he clings to a log and he just leaves it in nature's hands. He just gets in the water with the log. Oh, shit. So it, uh, Yossi is stopped and resting for the night. He hears something near him and flashes his light on. It's a jaguar. <gasps> he had a can of repellent and a lighter. So he scares it away with the flame. And he was scared to death. He thought he was going to die. But it somehow worked. And the jaguar was gone after he did that. And the following day, he takes an, an optimistic look at the map. And starts heading to San Jose along a trail. He got excited when he found a machete uh, mark on a tree. And he feels that Kevin has been has been there. That's what he was doing. He was clearing the trail with a machete on his way, he remembered. Mm-hmm. So he's not along the trail anymore. He finds a footprint on the trail and believes it was Kevin's. But his heart sinks as he comes to the realization that he had been walking this whole time in a circle. Oh my god. It was his own footprint. Oh my god. That is terrible. God. Uh, So flash to Kevin. He's still floating on the river. He's feeling very weak. He doesn't know if he has passed San Jose. And he doesn't have any of the supplies because luckily Yossi has them. Um, He comes across some guys on a boat and they ask if he was lost. Like he looks really out of place. He's an American. He's just clinging onto a log in the middle of the uh, river. He looks like uh, O'Malley from the Aristocats when the geese find him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. shit. We're going to help you. <laughs> swim. swim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just keep swimming. Okay, anyway. So they they said that they... Uh, so they ask him, what is he doing, whatever. And they ask if he's lost and if he's hungry. And then they said that the only reason why they're there is because they go hunting in that area twice a year. Oh, my God. Because it's a very dangerous area. So they go they go hunting there twice a year. And so he got really lucky that uh, they came across him. Mm. And they took him where he needed to go. So he is essentially rescued. Flashback to Yossi. He doesn't trust wandering too far from the river now that he's fucking walked in a circle for a whole day. And he's out of rice. And he's focused on getting out, out of there. He's just hungry. And he's eating fruit as he goes. Like when, whenever he finds some edible fruit in the jungle. His feet are also in bad shape now. They're probably as bad as Marcus's were. were. And uh, he's in great pain whenever he puts his shoes back on and he limps onward to San Jose. At night, as rain fell on him, he lay there finding it hard to keep up his spirit. The storm is getting pretty bad and he was right along the river. The water came up and took him back into it. Oh no. So now the water rushed and took all of him and his stuff into the river again and he finds himself clinging onto an edge and in the morning the river had subsided so everything's calm again but he sees that he is not by the river anymore he got carried away and he is soaked and everything that he has is soaked he starts walking um looking for the river again now kevin he tries to talk to a general in town about searching for yossi he had made it to a bolivian army air base and the general said that if a gringo was lost in the jungle he didn't have a chance back to yossi Yossi in the jungle he hears and then sees a plane overhead and on the i shouldn't be alive episode the guys are separately being interviewed about what's going on but the entire time they're talking about 
certain parts of the story and saying how they're thinking of the other guy. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking of each other. And so Yossi said that he felt that the planes were for him. And that means Kevin was looking for him. So mm-hmm. for some reason, they just share a very, a very, very strong human connection, the two of them. So um, Kevin would not give up. He argued and argued until someone agreed to take him to find Yossi. And he was right. Um, Kevin has people looking for him. And so Yossi needs to keep up his spirits. And Kevin knew that this wasn't the best way to find Yossi was by the air. So he thought on that for a while and hoped to find somebody to take him on the river. Mm. Yossi recalls that this was around the time he was losing his mind a little bit. Like he was hearing things, seeing things, feeling like he couldn't really keep his mind together and focus on the tasks. Um, And all the rain and lack of food, of course, took a toll. Kevin knew that the river was the best way to find his friend and he finds someone who reluctantly takes him, but he has to be back within a certain time. So again, Kevin returns to the river that started this whole thing for them in the first place. And it's day 27 at this point. So like a whole month. That night, Yossi finds that he has fallen asleep near a termite nest and he is covered in them. He said all he saw was a carpet of red all over him and around him a few meters. And the next morning, the damage was clear as day that he was covered in open wounds from all the bites. Oh, my God. I did not know that termites did that. I didn't know that either. I thought they were only like wanting wood. wood. Mm Mm-hmm. But they'll bite into your skin. They'll eat anything, I guess. It's raining again. And so Kevin is on the river with the Good Samaritan that took him down. And down the river on the land, Yossi wandered by familiar landmarks, barely carrying himself on his pus-filled feet. He he gave up then. And he said that he prayed to God to just let him die. He wanted to rest. It's day 35 now. The guy who has Kevin on the boat tells him they can't go any further. It's too dangerous. So he accepts the heavy loss and feels the terrible guilt having caused his friend's death. Yossi is delirious and hears a wasp feeling it buzz in his ear. Um, It won't go away. He keeps trying to fan it away. He doesn't know if he's hearing it or what. But he's forced awake. And right at that moment, Kevin is passing by on the motorboat. What the If he would have just shut his eyes and stayed there, he would have just died leaning up against that log. But he opened his eyes right as, so it was, it must've been the buzz of the motorboat that he thought was a wasp, but he was just so out of it. Mm -hmm. So now um, he watches weekly as they pass and Kevin right then glances in the direction that Yossi's in and takes the double take of a lifetime. Before Yossi can process anything, Kevin has him in his arms and they cry with desperation and happiness. It's said again and again how impossible the whole situation felt. Yossi feels Kevin saving him was a miracle. Kevin takes responsibility for the trip and the unforeseen consequences that came with it. There was no trace of Marcus or Carl, which led them to believe that Marcus was lost in the jungle. Kevin returned again to the jungle but couldn't find any sign of them. The Bolivian army also searched, but when they were shown the map where the supposed secret tribe was um, hidden, marked on it, they said no such thing existed. Apparently, Carl, the Austrian, was taking people out there and just leaving them, maybe like robbing them and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I guess the army knew about it, but didn't do anything about it, or I don't know what they thought was going on, but they, they mentioned that they recognized Carl and he had been doing that for some time. They searched for like two more years. And they thought Marcus was safer with Carl, but they feel horrible to this day that they sent him with him. And the episode ends with updates for that time. Kevin Gale lived in Israel, is married. Oh, he moved to Israel, which is where 
Yossi's from, so that's interesting. He lives in Israel and is married and a photographer and a trainer, and Yossi is a writer and a motivational speaker and works to preserve the Amazon jungle. He lives in New South Wales, Australia. What the fuck? That is insane. It just, like, kept going. Like, are they going to find each other? Is he going to die? Like, what's going on? And then it's just wild that sometimes things just work out. For sure. So, yeah, I chose to end this episode with this story of what seems like pure luck. I mean, these guys had no idea what they were doing. Their plans went out the window, and their leader ended up scaring them. But somehow Kevin and Yossi survived. And I wanted to end this one on a completely different note than what we started with because it's just really depressing. Yes. Like a variety pack episode. Very nice. Yeah, I want to know how people feel about these topics and whether we should do some more stuff like this because this is like real stuff that happens. Yep. Christ, terrifying. It really is. That is, I don't know. I don't, I just, the putting, having to put the animals down for what they do like naturally just makes me so sad. That's how I feel too. I mean, how do we expect them to respond if they don't know what's going on, if they're confused or scared or. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the dogs being put down for I mean they can just do one bite like as long as they well I don't know Francis Francis is still with us thank goodness I mean but that that goes with with um especially with domestic pets like it really like just with kids too I mean I don't want to say that animals are like kids but with parenting and like how you go about the situation is really what makes the difference like if you shouldn't be risking something you shouldn't am I going to take Francis to a park full of kids and like let him run off the leash no right right but at the same time sometimes people they they do everything they can and still something it's just it's something yeah sometimes Um, one of my friends she, it, it was in Austin too, but she had um, a couple of her friends staying with her. They were going to stay with her the weekend. And she knew that one of her dogs wasn't going to be able to interact with them. So she put him upstairs in his kennel mm-hmm. and told her friends, don't, don't mess with him. Like, don't let him out. Don't try to get close to him. Nothing. And they did. They went up there. Everybody was drinking and shit, and I think they went up there, and I don't know if they tried to mess with him or they accidentally let him out. Like, I don't remember. But either way, he bit somebody, and they had to put him down. I don't think it was – I don't think it was super bad. I mean, I think they had to get stitches, but, I mean, they survived. They didn't – nothing – like, nothing broke. They weren't, like, horribly disfigured or anything. But still, it's just part of. Yeah, and it wasn't even the dog's sad. fault. Like it was uh, this, these dumbasses' fault. Like oh, that's God. what's tough about it. That reminds me of another situation. This, I guess, this does need to be kind of normalized because everybody just assumes everybody's pets are friendly, and it's a problem whenever you're trying to slowly socialize your pets or take them on walks, even, and people just constantly want to come up to you, and it's like, no, they need to not feel like people are constantly rushing up to us because then that puts them on edge. Mm. And um, so that's why they stay muzzled whenever we're walking so that people just stay away so that we just don't really have to worry about. Yeah. And you don't uh, have to say Because he looks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if he looks mean, they should just know to stay away from. Right. Even if, because one time we took him and he was muzzled, but he was splashing around with, with Hunter in the river. And I wanted to take off his muzzle so bad, but I could see people from a distance 
because he's like so sweet and he's so cute. And of course people want to touch him. He's a beautiful mm-hmm. dog, yeah. but um, it's just for safety. Like you just have to think about it that way. We do things for other people all the time. It's just part of it. And, right. but what happened with one of my friend's friend's dogs is she was bringing them back inside. It was a totally normal maneuver, but I don't know if this dog had been aggressive before or what, but at the same time she was coming. And this is, this is the thing with apartment living and having animals too. It's a whole nother situation, but she was bringing her dogs back up upstairs. And as she was doing that, her neighbor had a small, I think like a Yorkie or a Shih Tzu or something. And that dog ran in front on the stairs, I think. And one of the dogs fucking killed his dog. Yeah. And it was a thing. It was a thing. She, she tried her best because she's a sweet girl. Like she felt really bad that her dog did that. And so she, she was trying to help the guy and the guy is just like distraught over what happened. And they're trying to get the dog and put it away and then take the other one to the vet. But I don't think there was anything they could do. Um, Anything they could do for his, for his little dog. So it's just, anything could just happen. I would have, you know, I honestly, if a dog were to attack Sassy, I would oh, honestly like jeopardize my life. Like I would literally jump in there and I wouldn't give a fuck right. if that dog ripped me to shreds. Like as long oh, as man. as long as those are the happen. most horrific things is when you exactly. you're on the you're watching the news and you see like a six year old girl playing in her front yard was mauled to death by a, a whatever dog in the neighborhood. Yeah. And it's just so horrible. It's just awful. It's violent and traumatizing even if you know the kids survive or the person survives it's just traumatizing yeah um because i know it is scary to be charged i've never i've actually have been bit by a dog so i do need to be normalizing this Mm -hmm. um whenever i was a kid these two pit bulls that were my neighbor's pit bulls they were really friendly and they just liked to nip so it wasn't like a scary situation thank god but they would jump the fence to to our backyard a lot and one day i went back there and uh he bit my knee and and he had like baby teeth still but he punctured like an entire like mouth mark around my kneecap so i had to go to the doctor and all this but i didn't want anything it was a boxer i think and they were sweet dogs it was princess and king or i don't remember what the other one's name was did they get did the one that bit you, did anything happen to him? I don't remember. I really don't think so. Because I, I told my parents, I was like, I don't want anything to happen to the dog. But they really wouldn't do anything about the dogs jumping the fence. That's another issue That is that people need to think about. What the fuck? I don't, I don't know. Francis likes to break down the wood panels of the fence. So that's why he wears a collar so that I can freaking shock him if I have to. Oh, that's smart. Wait, just so that... I try not to have to. I don't usually use it. If I do, it's a very low setting. And I know this comes with a lot of controversy as well. It's like, what is humane? Like, I just ordered a prong collar because they need to learn how to walk on a leash. And it's the kind of collar that like pokes into their skin if they pull. Oh, yeah. But finally, I, I said like, I if they know that I'm not being malicious towards them and I'm not giving them like violent punishments or anything like that, then they should know that this is what they need. Right. And same thing with his little collar. He just, he gets vibrated most of the time instead of shocked just so he can like calm down. It kind of just brings attention. He knows to look at me whenever he feels his collar shake a little bit. Yeah. So that he's like, okay, I need to calm down. Well, that's smart. I wish Lilith was fucking smart enough for that shit. Oh, Lilith and Fawn would get along so well. They'd just be running and running. They would have a lot of fun. 
She needs more girls. She gets too, Fawn gets too um, aggressive. It's like she overcompensates whenever it's boys. So whenever they roughhouse, she gets way too into it. Yeah, Lilith. But with Honey, she wouldn't do that. Lilith doesn't. Honey's old. Um, oh, Honey, I forgot about Honey. <laughs> <laughs> honey uh, likes to eat birds whole. Dude, Lilith ate either a frog or a mouse the other night outside. Well. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is happening? She said it's an offering. She gets she doesn't have other dogs to play with because Sassy's an asshole. So she no. with, she tries to play with us the way she would play with a dog. And she gets fucking rough. And it's like, and of course, mm-hmm. dominance in her eyes is Jeremy, me, and then Emma. So she, if Emma's sitting on the floor, she'll literally go and just fuck with her. Yeah, she needs an alpha and she needs a playing buddy. The main reason why playing buddies are good is because they know that they're hurting each other. With humans, like we can overreact with anything, but like if another dog jumps on Lilith, then she'll know, okay, when I jump on people, this hurts or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some people even bite their dogs back whenever they bite them. Yeah, Jeremy started doing that. So I think that's how he established dogs there. It works. Uh, that only worked for Hunter for like a little bit, but he's too soft. He's literally, I'm the alpha in the house. Like if the dogs need a command to follow, like they they usually listen to me and I need to work on that more. But <laughs> I saw TikTok too the other day that this guy, this man, it was, it was from their ring uh, doorbell and he was trying to get the dog in the car for like five minutes. And then the wife comes outside and she goes, something uh, car and he goes and jumps in the back. I think like, I saw that. <laughs> like the dog was having a blast. He was just running around in circles, zooming around, just not not listening to the guy. And then when the mom, the lady came out, I thought that was funny. And I think that happens with children as well. Oh yeah, they know who means business. Mm-hmm. But with me, it was my mom. So if my dad said no, I'd be like, Mom, can I have this or can I do that? And she'd be like, Did you ask your dad? My mom was. <laughs> oh yep mm-hmm. and my dad didn't give a flying fuck <clears throat> did you it's ask com- your mom it's common, right it's common for dads to want to be like the nice guy in the situation and the mom has to be the freaking meanie all the yep. time that's mm-hmm. what I tell Hunter I'm like of course they're happy to see you when you come in from work like you didn't yell at them all day for whatever they did yep. or whatever yes they're excited. They're like, oh, it's playtime. It's leisure time. We're not going to be, mm-hmm. there's no rules. Yep. It's funny. Yep. But yeah, as much as we try to understand animals, we we just aren't there all the way. Or, you know, it just takes active active learning. Yep. I'm surprised you didn't mention Tiger King. There's more. I, I want to see how this one does because I, I plan on doing amusement park accidents. I plan on doing... Ooh. Barbecue, barbecue has gone wrong. Just anything that makes missing summer a little less difficult for us. Look at you. I don't know what came over me. Oh, yeah. My edibles that I've been eating. Uh You've been eating them this whole time? No, not while while I'm talking. I just did the last few days. Taking three at a time, four at a time. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I was going to tell you how I reacted to the shot. To the vaccine. Oh, yes. Okay. So that was today, right? That was yesterday. yesterday. I got my vaccine yesterday. 
Amber got hers today, so that's why I was like, "Oh, look my at mom that!" Mom got hers today. My dad got his on Friday. Everybody's doing good. Look at that. Tell me how you felt. Did it hurt? No. When I first got it, no. I honestly thought it was going to because everyone was like, "It hurts," blah blah blah, and it didn't. It was Babies. just like any other. Actually, I think the flu shot hurt more than this. Like I didn't feel the injection. Like I didn't feel anything go into my arm. Like nothing. But mm -hmm. I will say that it made me tired. Like I literally felt like I had taken Xanax. That's how tired mm -hmm. I was. And um, my arm was very sore by oh. nighttime. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't even sleep on my side where my shot was because it was mm -hmm. so irritating. Like it was kind of painful. You get a bruise? No, I didn't. It doesn't even look like it feels like I got punched in the goddamn arm, but it doesn't it doesn't look like it like on the outside. Like there's no bruise, there's no red spot, nothing. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. I'm very nervous though for the second one because I don't want to feel like shit. <laughs> and everybody says that's the one where you get that's where you feel the most. Just make sure you're eating, drinking lots of water. But yeah, that's just your cells getting their armor on. Yeah. My grandparents got slight fevers and chills, and that was it. I know, I'm curious how my mom's going to feel, too. She tends to be sensitive. My brother, too. My Every time he'd get the flu shot, he'd be, like, sick for three days. Oh, God. Yes, every time. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh. I never so felt dramatic. anything whenever I would get the flu shot, so... I know, me neither. And I liked getting shots. Yeah. Oh, I no, I don't like getting shots at all. I think I just like to look like a badass. I think that's what my obsession is. Are but I didn't look very I didn't look very badass getting this tiny tattoo when I was screaming on that table. <laughs> and I went last, too. So I'm sure that made everybody's night. Yeah, They were ready to go home. They were like, look at this fucking baby. She keeps making me stop on the line work. Did they? No. Probably not, but still, well, no, it was they, late. Did they just, stop? Like they actually? I think I had to a few times because I was like, "Oh my god!" Because I like did the fleshy part of my inner. Ah, that arm. shit hurts like a motherfucker. But you got two separate bees on each elbow, and you were and, fine. Well, one of them I couldn't feel because the nerves in that elbow are fucking. Oh, dead. it was by your scar. It was yeah. by your scar too. And then he did the other arm, and I was like, "Oh my god, this really hurts." <laughs> oh jeez, yep. So then you got a little taste of it. I did. It was terrible. I did feel the pressure for the one that he did on the scar, like right above the scar. But mm -hmm. I honestly thought it was going to be fine. I was like, wow, this is nothing. I don't know why people complain about tattoos on their elbows. And then the other one just killed me. <gasps> to completely change gears here. Oh, my God. Well, there's like sirens going on right now. I'm wondering if I should wait. Anyway. Amber showed me this thing. I wonder if she'll feel weird that I said her name. Oh, well. Anyways, she told me about this thing that was, I think it was on Pornhub, where this porn star uh, masturbated while getting tattooed. Oh, how did that go? She was naked. She was pretty hot. Um, I think she's Australian. I forgot her name, but if you look it up, I'm sure you'll find it. Australian porn star gets tattooed while masturbating. I feel like it's pretty interesting. Too much. I feel like I wouldn't be able to focus on that. She's getting recorded and getting interviewed while... And also, one of the guys that worked at the tattoo parlor got to hold her vibrator. Isn't that special? 
Oh, that's I would it would be really hard for me not to be like I know, <laughs> squiggling around. I know. <laughs> that's part of the fun is like when you flex your legs, it's like more intense. Yes. But, but I feel that like guy that was tattooed was actually me. doing the tattoo. How was he how did he freaking do it? He's sitting there while she's laying there moaning. Boner. He's got a boner. Everybody's Definitely got a boner. boner. That sucks. Because it was only her getting off. So that's what's great. And she got a cool tattoo. So everybody go check that out. Was it big? This has been a mixed bag. It was what big? The tattoo? I'm pretty sure it was like part of a sleeve. I don't remember. I don't know exactly. But it was a lot. It was like a few hours worth. Interesting. That is. I kind of want to see just to see how it went. I guess she was in. I don't know if she's into. Because that's the thing on its own is like needle play and sex or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I guess, and plus the vibration of the needle on her arm while trying to focus on something else is very interesting. I just don't know if I could multitask like that. I'm already in my own head way too much. Yeah, I wouldn't. <sighs> well, when it comes to get when it comes to getting mine, I'm in my head way too much. Yeah, I have to keep reminding myself that feels good. That feels good. Focus on that <laughs> right there. <laughs> just completely serious, like a drill sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> your fun's over my turn jesus yepers well summertime fun everybody whether you get it uh battery powered or get your thrills out in the jungle mm-hmm. summertime means a lot to different people it does not as much when you have it when you're an adult though when you're a kid you're like oh my god summertime let's fucking let's go yeah, let's stay up know. till three in the morning now kids do that anyway. They're just on Fortnite until four in the morning. Or fucking, yeah, all kinds of dumb shit. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, everybody, good luck out there. Keep in mind your risks and your consequences when trying new things, trying for adventures. I know everybody's getting real restless. Somebody who's never done anything is bound to go skydiving or something by the end of this because they're like, I'm never not living life again. And they're going to die. Oh, that would be, it would be like that song, Ironic. Isn't it ironic? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please get back to me on our Instagram on what you guys think about these kinds of topics. They're not necessarily creepy, but they definitely are terrifying and devastating. So we can discuss that over on our Instagram at Gimme the Creeps and our Twitter at Gimme the Creeps. Don't forget to send in those DMs um, if anything wild happened to any of your family members. Let us know any animal attacks. Uh, anything like that, send it over to us at Give Me the Creeps. Thanks for listening, guys. So, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen. <clears throat> <clears throat> so, did we give you the creeps? <laughs>